Okay, so we're starting the sugi of Yerugu the Yavor. The sugi is a Geshmaka sugya. It's going to take us for sure two weeks. Um, today we're going to deal with Pshat and Nagamara. Emir Tashem. And we're going to deal with Emir Sebtesis. Next week we're going to work on Shita Sarambam. And there's a famous classic of Chaim, the first of Chaim and Sefer. And we're going to try to work through it and see where we go from there. So before we can even start our Gemara, I want to do something uncharacteristic. I want to just have some introductory sources. The introductory sources are not meant to give you, you know, we're not mamish learning them up as a means of learning the sugya. The introductory sources are meant just to get background information. And it's important to have background information before you start a sugya. Sometimes you don't need it, but sometimes you do need it. And therefore... I felt like this is a time it was important just to see something, you know, just to have common terminology, common ideas, especially because it's a topic which is yes discussed. I wanted to make sure that we're holding in the same pages and we're not making different assumptions one from the other. So that being said, let's get started. The Gemara starts in source one. The Gemara Sanhedrin to find Dalit and Aleph and Vez. Amar Vichon Mishum Shimon Yehitzadok. They took a vote in the attic of the house of Nitzah in the city of Lud, and they came up with the following conclusion. Any sin, all the sins in the Torah. They say, transgress this sin, and if you transgress it, we won't kill you. You should transgress the sin, and... You shouldn't be killed. Chutz, except for what? Avedizara, idolatry, giliarayus, illicit relations, vishvichos domim, and murder. Ask the Gemara of Avedizara, lo, what? For Avedizara, you shouldn't transgress? Vatania was taught in a braiser. Amr Bishmal, Bishmal said, Menayin shima omrela the Adam Ovid Avedizara, how do we know that if a person says to you, serve this idol? and we won't kill you, how do we know that you should serve the idol and not be killed? It says, you have to live by the mitzvahs. And the Chazal Darshan, they expound, and you shouldn't be, they shouldn't be the reason for your death. Therefore, according to Bishmel, you shouldn't die, you shouldn't let yourself be killed as a means of preventing from yourself from doing a Zara. Says the Gemara B'dasar B'shmal Yelcha Afilu B'farhesia. I might think this is true even if you're doing it publicly. Talmud Leimar. Therefore, the Chumash says that what? That's why it says you shouldn't desecrate my holy name, and I should become sanctified. So when it's not B'farhesia, it's B'tzina. According to B'shmal, you don't give up your life; you serve a Vodazara. But if it's farhesia, if it's public, so then. You do give up your life. So, if that's true, then how could they be, they vote in Lud, and the Elias Beit Nitze, that everything is Yang Yavor except for everything, I'm sorry, you give up, you transgress, except for Avadazara, we see from Yishmael, it's not true. Answers the Gemara, Inu, the people who voted, the Omar Karebiliezer. They hold like Shitas Rabbi Eliezer. What Shitas Rabbi Eliezer? The Tanya was taught in Abraisa. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, You should love Hashem your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your might. Ask the Holy Gemara, If it says you have to love Hashem with your whole 
nefesh. Why does it say you have to love him with all your malid, with all your money? If it says with all of your money, is with your life. And says the Gemara, if you have a person that he loves himself, his physical well-being more than his money, that's why the Torah says that what that you have to be willing to even give up your life, not just your money, even your life. But if you had a person whose money was more important than than their body, that's why it says, if you even willing to be part with the most cherished thing with your money. So that's the source according to the Rebbe Eliezer, and that's how we, we passed into it. That what? That you should let yourself be killed and not transgress it. Why? Because it's a pasuk, you love Hashem your God, as opposed to a different deity. Now, says the Gemara, that's fine and dandy for Avodah but Gilu Yerayas v'Shvichas Domim. What's our source for Gilu Yerayas and Shvichas Domim? For illicit relations and Shvichas Domim, murder that you have to kill, you have to let yourself be killed and not transgress them. Kedir Rebbe. The source is from a statement of Rebbe. The Tanya was taught in a brace of Rebbe Oymer. Rebbe says the following, Kikasha yokum nefesh. The same the same way that a person can get up on his friend and murder him, so to onus, onus of an is, is is has the same halachis as ritzicha. What are we deriving from ritzicha to arayas? At this point, it was coming to teach us something and now we're deriving something from it. We can, we can make a connection from a murderer to a betrothed lady, to a rayas, that that the same way when it comes to we can even kill the guy who's trying to take advantage of this girl, so to someone's trying to murder someone else, we can prevent someone, someone from murdering another person by killing the murderer. And we're going to derive the same way that a murderer, you should let yourself be killed and not kill someone else. So too, when it comes to a betrothed girl, she should let herself be killed before someone has illicit relations with her. And don't transgress. So that's how we know, how do we know a rayas is yarvalayavor? We derive that from Ritzeach. So he asked the Gemara a simple question. Ritzeach Gufa Minolim. So how do we know that Ritzeach is Yarav Eliyavu, that we can extend that even to Arayas? Says the Gemara Svaruhu, it's a logical derivation. What's the logic? There was a person who came in front of Rabbah. And he said to Rabbah the following case. The head of the Mafia said to me as follows. Zil kotli leplanya, I have to go kill Plony. Viloi, but if I don't kill Plony, katil nalach, I, the mafia, am going to kill you for not killing Plony. So what should I do? Should I kill Plony or should I let myself be killed? Amrlei, Sarabi responded, Liktelucho, you should let him kill you. Viloi tikto, and don't kill. Why? Because mi the sumachtfei, who says that your blood is redder than his blood? 
Maybe that pony who they told you to kill, his blood is sumatvei, is more red. And therefore, and therefore what? And therefore, you don't have the right to kill. Therefore, you have to let yourself be killed. Continues the Gemara, Ki All this is taught during a time period where it's not a shmad, where it's not a decree against the Jewish people about the intent of getting rid of their religion. But if it's during a time of religious oppression, even a basic mitzvah, a simple mitzvah, you have to give up your life and don't transgress it. And the basic understanding would be that since the whole point of a decree is to prevent the religion from continuing, then that of itself, an existential threat to Judaism, demands an existential fight for Judaism. So he also Ravin Amrabiechanon, when Ravin came, he said in the name of Rabbiechanon, Afidu Bashalibashasa Shmad, even not in the time of Shmad, then what? Lo Amru Alabitsina. They only give you an allowance of not giving you up your life when it was private. Abu Frahesya. But if it was public, even not in the time of Shmad, Afilu Mitzakala, even a small mitzvah. For example, like we said before, we'll talk about it in a moment, I'm sorry. The other din is, you have to give up your life and don't transgress. That means any of you, according to the Novin Amir you have to give up your life, it's Farhesia. Farhesia Pashtas, we're going to say, is 10 people. Who constitutes the 10 people? Does it have to be Jews? Maybe even non Jews? Does it have to be men who are kosher for Adis? All discussions, all good questions, but not necessary for at this point. So, ask the Gemara. My mitzvah kala, what's this mitzvah kala we keep referring to? I'm a Rav Bar Yitzchak, I'm a Rav. Rav Bar Yitzchak said in the name of Rav, I feel the Shnuya Arks Nemesani. Even to change how you tie your shoes. We know that when we put our shoes on, we first put on our right shoe, then we put on our left shoe, then we tie our left shoe, then we tie our right shoe. This is brought down the Rambam, the Shachan Aruch. And even though it's just a minug, it's a minug which is indicative of how a Jew ties his shoes. And therefore, if they tell you, even to change a minug, that how we tie your shoes, that becomes yarag v'leyavor, if, if what, if it's done b'farhesya. Now, says the Gemara, v'kava farhesya, what's considered a farhesya? Amir Rav, Rav Yenkev, Amir Rav Yechon, Rav Yenkev said in the name of Rav Yechonon, in farhesya p'chusim esar b'nei odam. Yeah, there's no farhesya less than ten, pshita, that's obvious, Says the Gemara, Yisrael Ma'inon. Maybe we need Jews specifically. I'm sanctified within the midst of Klai Yisrael. That needs ten. So we see clear that we have sources for the din of Yarag Yavor. We paskin like the Chachamim that were made the vote in Aliyah Beis that the three big averus are Gilaraish Vichasdomim and Avodazara. All three of them have sources Yarag Yavor. Vodazara is from Yavta, Ritzicha is from Aswara, and we extend the Svara of Ritzicha to Arayas due to a Hekesh. That's what we see from the Gemara. And I'm going to bring you here a few Rambams, and then we'll start the Sugya. It says the Rambam in Perik Hey, Vyasedia Tara Halacha Aleph, Kulbis Yasomatsuma Kiddush Hashem Agodol, Hazer. Everyone is obligated on sanctifying Hashem's great name. Shnemar, like it says, I will be sanctified within the midst of Kla Yisrael. And we're warned, not to desecrate it. Shnemar, like it says, you shouldn't desecrate my great name, my holy name. 
Ketav, so how do we fulfill this? When a non-Jew comes, and he forces a Jew to transgress any of the mitzvahs which are said in the Torah, or kill him, he should transgress, and he shouldn't be killed. Because it says, a man will perform them and live through them. And the Chazal expounded, that he has to live through them and not give up his life through them. The mace, and if he dies, and he doesn't transgress, it's tantamount like he killed himself. Says the Ramah Menalach Abayiz, what's this referring to? Bashar Mitzvahs is referring to all 610 Mitzvahs, excluding of Zara, illicit relations, and murder, of when it comes to those three Averas, Yemimela, Ovil, Achas, Mena, Taharig, transgress one of these, or will kill you. Yaharig, Vayavor, you should let yourself be killed and don't transgress. Bemedavar, Mamurim, when is referring to? Bismanshay, Vikhov, Miskavan, and Alsatsme. This is all when he's getting intent for himself. Going to answer, Livnis, the base of a Shabbos, like he's telling you to build him a house and happen to be on Shabbos, and then transgress. By the Vashal, Tavshilo, to cook his food on Shabbos. By honest, Isha the boy look he answers her he forces the lady to have relations with her. Avalim neskamen that view of mitzvahs bilvod, but if he's intent to make him transgress on mitzvahs, mihayabin or the binatzmi if it was just in private vein shamasar Yisrael, and there's not ten people there yavur al yaharig, then you should transgress and not be killed. Vimonse la havir basar Yisrael yaharig vle yavur, but if he told you to do any of those six hundred ten. In front of ten Jews, then give up your life and don't be killed. Then you should kill you, give up your life and not transgress. And even if he only wanted to make him prevent something from doing any of the other mitzvahs, nonetheless, you have to do it. You have to give up your life. Says the Raman is also talking about in normative times, when there was a decree against them. So then, for example, a king who is an evildoer like Nebuchadnezzar and his friends, and they make a decree on Klayasal to nullify their religion, or one of the mitzvahs, he should be killed and not transgress even one of the remaining mitzvahs, whether it was done between Ines or whether it was done by the group of non Jews as well, it doesn't make a difference. Continues the Rambam, the last halacha, anytime it says a person should transgress and not be killed, and he, kill, he lets himself be killed, and doesn't transgress, it's a tantamount to giving up his own life. But the inverse is also true that if it says you should give up your life and not transgress for Nerog, right? And he was killed Vilay Avar, he's sanctified God's name. He was in front of ten Jews. Then he sanctified Hashem's name in masses, Michel Vazaria, like Hananiah, Mishal, Azariah, Rabbi Akiva, Vachavirov, Vesarih, Gramalchus, Ve'iluin, Arugim, Malchus, Shein, Ma'ila, Malasan. And these people are people who were killed, the Shem Shemayim, Akirish Hashem, 
And there's no elevated status above where they're holding. Then it says in the Novi about them that were killed for your sake, Hashem, all the time. They were considered like sheep to slaughter. But the inverse is also true that if what? If it says that you should be killed and not transgress, and he transgressed and didn't kill, it wasn't killed, he desecrated God's name. Israel is in front of ten people. Ten Jewish people, it was a public desecration of God's name. He negated a positive commandment of sanctifying God's name. He transgressed a prohibition, which is desecrating God's name. But nonetheless, since she transgresses against his will, we don't give a malchus. And all the more so that Bastin won't kill him, because why? Even if he was killed because we only punish someone if he willingly transgressed in Avera. There was witnesses and warning. We learn from a person who used to serve in Avodah Zarah called Melech, that they used to give past children through fire till the child died. There, the only time we do it is Be'ishahu, that there, that comes to exclude, when they say to exclude, Eine shaking and tricked. And when it comes to Avodah Zarah, which is more significant than any other Avodah Zarah, if a person serves it against his will, He's not chayv kares, vein tzarek lemem misas based in, and all the more so he's not chayv capital punishment. Kol v'chayim l'sham mitzvah samuras patayro, and all the more so to any of the mitzvah in the Torah that if he did it against his will, he's not punished. Ubarai es huimer, when it comes to illicit relations, it says the nayrlis asadavar that you can't punish her, and therefore it's clear you're not punished. Aval, this is the last caveat. Imiyachol emolit nafshu b'yoch mitachas yad hamelach harasha. If a person is able to run away and not create the Veira, but he doesn't run away, he stays there. He's like a dog that's chasing after his own vomit. And then if he has to listen to the king, then it's as if he transgresses the Avodah like a worship on purpose. Then he falls into... He loses his portion of the world. And he goes to the lowest levels of Gehenna, and he's going to be culpable for all of that. That's pretty bad. And that's a summary of the Dinam and the Rambam. Now, just as a means of getting you some a little more basic background, I didn't put sources for you on, but there's a taste for this. Jesus learns, just as a suffix, what happens if a person, even if he's not chayiv in giving up his life, he wants to give up his life. So he's on the Rambam that if you do that, so that's usr. You're not allowed to do that. And if you do, you must chayi The Maishatis is a suffix, and he remains with the Tzarech Iyan, whether or not you're allowed to do that. The of Mishnah on the Rambam here, in Allah Aleph, quotes Tosus as saying that it's mutter to give up your life as a Rishos. If a person oppresses you in order to not fulfill mitzvahs, then you're able to choose to give up your life and not transgress the Avera. This is a source from what I remember. It's a Gemara in the Talmud Yushalmin, 
Shvius in the fourth parak, that there there was an Amora who was told by Nanju to eat Nevela, and he refused from eating Nevela even at the cost of life, and he ended up being fine, but you saw from that Kamara that he was willing to do so. So Tosus' conclusion is that it's a suffix, Tzolchin, whether or not you're able to give up your life. The Kesef Mishnah says that Shita's Tosus says you're able to. He doesn't present Tosus at Tzolchin, even though Tosus says it's a Tzolchin. Kesef Mishnah says Tosus allows you to give up your life. And then he says, not only that, but that's the Minag. The Minag is like Tosus, that we give up our lives. And he says, not only that, but if a person is a Rav, or has some kind of prominent stature in the community, then it could be that he's even obligated to give up his life on something which is more small than the big three. That's underlying information, background information on Yahrog Vilayavor. Now that we have that, let's start the Gemara. The Gemara is under Gimel Hamid Beis. So the Gemara starts off with a question. My Shaktu. What's the din of Shaktu that keeps being referred to here in the Gemara? Ditanya was taught in a Braisa. Why is it that a virgin girl should get married on Wednesday? Because if her husband would have a claim against her virginity, he would make a claim, he would wake up Thursday morning and make a claim in Bastin that she wasn't a virgin. So maybe he should get married on Sunday and then if he had a claim, he could also wake up early and go to Bastin directly Monday morning. So why is it Wednesday specific? Even Sunday should work for the same Svara. So he answers the Braise, Shaktu Chachamim Atakanas Bnei Yisrael. The Chachamim were concerned. Shaktu means concerned. They were concerned for the welfare of the daughters of the Jewish nation. Her husband should work for three days preparing a wedding feast. Echad B'Shabbos, V'Sheni B'Shabbos, V'Shishi B'Shabbos. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and I'll marry her on Wednesday. That's the first din of the Braisa. Now continues the Braisa, and from the time of danger and henceforth, the nation had a custom to marry on Tuesday, and the Chachamim didn't protest. However, on Sunday, I'm sorry, on Monday, you can't marry her. However, if the reason you wanted to get married on Monday was due to Ines, as opposed to Sakana, then Mutter, you're allowed to get married on Monday due to Ones. So now, we're going to continue the Bryce, it continues enumerating different dinim of different days. Now let's say someone got married on Friday. We separate the groom from the bride on Friday night, so they can't consummate the marriage for the first time on Shabbos. Because he'll make a, give her a wound, and therefore that's prohibited to do on Shabbos. So we said a number of dinim right now, and all the dinim in this price are revolved around what days are you allowed to get married? Ideally, you should get married on Wednesday because of Tainus, Basulam, and Shaktu. If there's a Sakana, then the Am had a Minag to get married on Tuesday. If there was an Enes, it was Mutter to get married on Monday. But they always separated the bride and the groom on Friday nights to not to consummate the marriage. So that way, there would be no Chilos Shabbos. That's the Din of the Braisa. 
Now, the Gemara wants to clarify the different dinim in the Braisa. So the first question is, my Sakana? What's the Sakana that the Braisa alludes to was the reason why the nation had a custom to get married on Tuesday? Ilima, if you're going to say, when this is the Imravita Horeg, that a virgin girl gets married on Wednesday, she'll be killed, says the Gemara Nahagu. What do you mean they had a minute to get married on Tuesday? We should totally uproot the Takana. So Amir Rabba, The Sakana is that there was a decree that whoever gets married on Wednesday is first going to have to consummate her marriage with the, pac- the procurator of the area as opposed to her husband. So yes, the Gemara, Hai Sakana. What, the fact that she's being raped by the procurator is called a Sakana? That's a case of onus. That's, a, that's an archetypal case of onus. So how come the Gemara is referring to that as Sakana? The Gemara should refer to that as onus. Says the Gemara, Because they're very modest girls that will give up their lives in order not to be with the procurator. And that will cause, that, that themselves causes the danger. So why is it called Sakana? It's Sakana due to the reaction of the modest Jewish girls. Yes, the Gemara religiously who the Inishari. So now, the Gemara is making an assumption, but the assumption is the reason they were giving up their lives is because they want to continue to live with the husband who they just married. And if the procurator rapes them, they're under the impression that they're going to be also to the husband, and therefore they're giving up their lives. But, so we should tell them, as the Gemara, that Oynes, in the case of Oynes, when this procurator forced himself upon her, then Shalrei, she's still permissible to her husband, and therefore there's no reason for her to give up her life. And says the Gemara, Ika prutzos, kahanas. They're prutzos. Prutzos are girls who, if, by definition, the procurator is going to take advantage of them, then they will actually acquiesce, and it will become, as opposed to something which is forced, to become something consensual. And there are also women who are marrying Kohanim. And the wife of a Kohen, if she's Nensa, becomes Asr to her husband. And therefore, how could you say literally the Shari, Ona is actually Asr for Aisha's Kohen? So if that's true, ask the Gemara, I'm sorry, just uproot the Takana. So it says the Gemara, Gzira, Vidi Dabatla. At the end of the day, the gzira of oppression is going to end. And a din derabanan, an establishment, the takana of derabanan, in light of a gzira, we don't uproot it. So says the Gemara. So fine, we're keeping Ravi. and we're saying what that the the and minog to get married on Tuesday. Why? So it would avoid the hegemon, and the hegemon was a problem. Because the women would give up their lives, but we can't tell them they don't have to give their life because it would be permissible because we're worried about one group of women called Kahanas, where it's not true, and another group of women called Prutzas. Says the Gemara, Yahachi, if that's the case, with Shlishi Nami Asubal, so very good. You're going to tell me that they had a minute to get married on Tuesday, but now the procurator is a smart guy, the same way he knew there's a Takana on Wednesday for them to get married. So he's going to know that they start, they have a minute now to get married on Tuesday, so he's going to come on Tuesday. So what did you help? Says the Gemara, that due to a doubt, due to a suffix, he won't come. And therefore, if he gets married on Tuesday, you don't have to worry from the Hegemon. 
As a Mela, that's why we told you you get married on Tuesday, is to avoid the hegemon who's not going to come due to suffolk. So that's the din of Sakana. Sakana is Bola Hegemon Tchila. Now, we've clarified what the case of Sakana is in the Mishnah, in the Brais, I'm sorry. Now, the next thing we have to do is clarify what's the case of Onus. So, continues the Gemara, Ubesheni Loyichnais, you can't get married on a Monday. The Machmasa Onus, but the reason you're getting married is due to Onus and Mutter, you're allowed to. So, yes, the Gemara, Maitlinis, what's this case of Onus that we're talking about in the Braisa? Ilima, if you're going to tell me Hadamron that we're talking about the case of Bola Hegemon Tchila, like we said earlier, so Hasam Kreile Sakana, up top, in the first part of the Brice, we call it a Sakana. Vacha Kakari Le Oynes, and here we're going to call it an Oynes, how could that be? Vesu, and furthermore, Hasam Nogu, there we said that the Am had a Minug to get married on Tuesday, a Nogu. But Hacha, but here it says Sheni is Mutter. So therefore, it can't be that Ones is Bola Hegemon Tchila. Sa'amirava, Sa'arava says as follows. What's Oynes? Da'amri Sa'atzvah Bola Yer. The head of the army, the general of the army is coming to the city. And he's going to steal your whole Suda, explained Rashi. And since he's going to explain your whole, he's going to steal your whole Suda, we actually want you to get married earlier in order so that you can have a Suda at your wedding. Yes, the Gemara, Hechidami, what's our case with the army general? Ida Asi Vachalif, if he's coming and passing through, Lakiv, just wait till the next Wednesday, keep the Takanas Chachamim, don't move your marriage earlier. Says the Gemara, Leitzichidasiukva. No, it means that the army general is coming, but he's coming and he's going to set up camp here, he's fixing himself here. So then, if that's true that he's fixing himself on a Wednesday, Begimul Mihalichnais. So then get married on Tuesday. Why can't you get married on Tuesday? How can you tell him get married on Monday? He's not coming till Wednesday. Get married on Tuesday and he can't grab the food. Answers the Gemara. No, because his henchmen, not his henchmen, but the people who are setting up camp are going to come a day before the rest of the army. There's a spiral. They're getting ready early. And since they're getting ready early, as therefore, we're going to what? Therefore, he's going to also take your food. So in order to avoid both the general and the asparva, you get married on Monday. So what's onus? Onus that allows you to get married on Monday is the case of the sartsva. And there the heter is not, we're worried about sakana, of danger. Women are going to give their lives there. It's a more pragmatic issue. Not pragmatic in the sense of a more mundane issue is maybe more accurate. Then practically, you're not going to have a meal to eat at the wedding, and we don't want that, and therefore you can get married on Monday. That's the basic read of the Gemara. Now, there are quite a few questions that we have to address here, and I want to take them one by one. So the first question I want to ask here is this Gemara is very, very interesting. Let's start with maybe Rashi. Rashi, if we don't, if you want to remember, Rashi on Gimel Amad Aleph says, and Shaktu, the second last Rashi, Rashi says, that you should work for three days. Now, if you're going to ask me, what's that sound like? That you have to, the gedr of shaktu is you have to be terech three days. That seems to imply to me that if I worked for two days, was I makayim the takanas chachamim of shaktu? So I would say, no, why not? Because the takana is, you have to work three days. You work two days, it's very nice. We appreciate it. It's better than nothing, but it's not a kim of a dinder Sorry, slicha. The gedr is three days. Comes along our Gemara, and our Gemara says, You can't get married on Wednesday, so go to Tuesday. I say, but not Monday. Why not Monday? 
Once we've already gone ahead and we're not fulfilling the din of Shaktu, so who cares Tuesday as opposed to Monday? Who cares Monday as opposed to Sunday? I'm not fulfilling Shaktu no matter what. So Rashi is bothered by this, and Rashi says, "Ubesheni leyichnis." This is the third Rashi here on the Amud. And give me the Amud base. Bishvil isa sakana due to that sakana. Ve'in sorich la'akur bishvila, and we don't have to uproot for this sakana. Takanis chachamim, the enactment of the sages eliyamechad. Only one day of it. Ve'atareich mihas shneiyamim b'talchei suda. And nonetheless, he's going to work for two days. So it's clear from Rashi that Rashi is understanding that the din of Shaktu has a partial kiyan if I work for two days as opposed to one day. Now that's so interesting, right? Because like we just saw in the previous Rashi, so the previous Rashi told us that the get of Shaktu is to work for three days for the Suda. So how could Rashi here tell us that no, if I work for two days, it's still a better kiyan than working for one day. Because I only had to uproot one day. We didn't have to uproot two. What is that? So I claim as follows. The claim that I want to make is, it's clear from this Rashi that Rashi understood that the Gedr of Shaktu is that there are three different individual component parts to a larger Takana. There's something called Sunday, there's something called Monday, and there's something called Tuesday. Each one of those days has its own obligation called prepare for the wedding. Make a meal. Make a Suda. Those three component parts are able to be fulfilled, irrelevant if I fill the other ones. Now, the totality of all three of those parts is called work for my suda for three days. So in Rashiyam, Gimelamad Aleph is saying that there's a concept called Shaktu. So he's talking about the totality of the din of Shaktu. What is that? The suda A person has to work for three days, and that's true. Whereas when Argamar is talking about whether or not I'm able to fulfill the different dinim, I'm able to practically uphold the din of shaktu. Now we're talking on a more localized issue. We have to get more into the details. So now maybe I'll only uproot one. I won't uproot two. That can already be a discussion. I think that's clear in Rashi. How did Rashi know that? So one way Rashi could know that is from the Gemara itself, like we talked about. The, what's, the, what's pushing the Gemara to yes, but not one? Right? So this would explain that. You have more shaktu. But I think there's even a bigger raya. The Gemara says something here. It's such an interesting language in the Gemara. The Gemara says, Shaktu Chachamim Now, what's it say? A person has to work for a suda for three days. So what should it say? It should say, at this point, And I'm married on, on, on Wednesday. So now, if that's what it said, the Gemara said, Shaktu Chachamim what three days when I've worked? So I had to take it on my fingers, and I said, wow, I married on Wednesday, so I'm not working on Wednesday. So when did I work? Day number one is Tuesday. Day number two is Monday, and day number three is Sunday. So wow, I worked three days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Beautiful. I can do that math. Unbelievable. Now, the Gemara did something so interesting. The Gemara came along, and it did the math for us. So it begs the question, why in the world did the Gemara do that? Why did the Gemara go ahead and express explicitly, I know how to count the three. I really do. I'm sorry. I know how to count. So why did the Gemara count for me? 
So I'm going to claim this is how Rashi knew that the Gemara is not just um, counting, but Rashi, the Gemara is revealing to us that the gather of Shaktu is that it's made up of three different components parts. It's made up of, of an Echad B'Shabbos, it's made up of a Sheni B'Shabbos, it's made up of a Shlishi B'Shabbos. So just totalities of Jinnam Shaktu, but on its own, each one's a separate Takana. I think that's how Rashi knew this din. I remember saying that's Emes. And I think that's clear from the Gemara itself, Minayibay. So that's point number one here I want to make. Regarding this din, last two nights ago, two nights ago I was looking around for a different issue we're going to talk about next week, Mirza Hashem and Atosis. But I found there's a sefer called Ayelas Hashachah that was written by Rabbi Steinman. And he there writes this word. In Shaktu, that it's clear from the Gemara that Shaktu is a, comprised of three separate small takanas to make one larger enactment. He does not make this claim based off the Gemara. He says this is in Rashi. He's Medaik, the same deek that we made in Rashi. He does not source Rashi from the Gemara, Echad B'Shabbos, but I think that's a Ashtarka Diak. I think that's actually true. And I think that's a Tesefet Sneifuch. Which was Nishadashi and the Beis Midrash together, Besiata Deshmaya. That's number one. Number two is as follows. So the Gemara does something astonishing here. We just finished learning the dinim of Yaharug Vilayavur. So now, the dinim of the Yaharug Vilayavur are that when a person is told that transgress any Aveira in the Torah, or else we'll kill you. So the din is that you transgress. Now, what if it was a time of Shmad? So the din is that you give up your life. You give up your life in a time of Shmad. So now, we have a Gemara. The Gemara says, what's the Kana? As the Gemara proses, uh, what's the Kana? That a Basu and Nisus, the V, is killed. Tahareg. So there, the Gemara he asks, if that's the case, that we're going to kill her, so why is the din nahagu, that they only had a custom get married on Tuesday, legamre na'akre, we should totally uproot it. Now, this is a pella. What's that mean? The Gemara is proposing that we should uproot a din de because there's a shmad. The whole way that we interact with a shmad is that when it comes to a shmad, we actually give up our life even for a minug. For Arakas of the Masane. But for, for to be Okir Adindra Banan in light of a Takana, Exir Shmad, I'd rather we don't do that. So, what's he, what's, what in the world is the Gemara talking about? Now, Rashi here says something even more cryptic. Rashi says, I need to fix for them different days. Well, what in the world is that? What? Who's talking about other days? Fix other days? There's no other days. What other days? What are you talking about? Make other days to get married? For what? what what's he talking about? Some other days to prepare the meal? What, what's the Vyiskin of the Yamamachirim? It's a Mamsha riddle. It's a mystery. It's cryptic. I don't know what Rash is talking about. So you have two separate issues here. Issue number one is that how could we claim to uproot Indra Rabban in the light of Ashmad? And issue number two is what's Rashi referring to by he says if you should establish different days for them as well. So I brought for you here some sefer. Some sefer is bothered by this question also, and he says the gamrei naakrei perish yikvul yim achel yeshivas based in. You should establish a different day for yeshivas based in. 
Vimkain, and if we establish a different day for Yeshiva's Beistin, we don't uproot the Dindra Bona and the Besuva Nisse whatsoever. Why? Because the whole establishment from the onset was that they should get married on a day where you can go to Beistin. Vimkain, if that's true, then no one's causing anyone to not fulfill any mitzvahs. And therefore, you don't have to give up your life for it. You do have to for your, for your shoelace. Where are you going to ask? He's able to work. He's able to make it beforehand. So now like this. Number one comes along with an einfall. Einfall is a, a whole different approach, a whole different vision of how to relate to this question. And he says as follows. Obviously, Chazal never had a havamina to uproot it in the Rabbanon. That's preposterous, like we spoke out. So what do they want to do? They don't want to uproot it in the Rabbanon. They wanted to redact the Kanas Ezra. Ezra established the Bishans to sit on Monday and Thursday. What happens if we change that? What if we say the Bishan should sit on Monday and, on, on Monday and Wednesday? So if we change the Bishan sits Monday and Wednesday, comes along, hoo, hoo, hoo. So when is it then that Basulanisis? Basulanisis is gonna be on Yom Shlishi. Why? Because the whole takana of Basulanisis is to get married the day before Basin sits. The Melev, the Dikana is to get married the day before Basin sits. We never changed the the the, the din of Basulanisis. We never altered Basulanisis. We never had a reactive change of religion due to Xira Shmad. We never had it. What did we have? Rather, we had a, 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 a redactment in a separate, a totally non-related din, and an outgrowth of that was the change of Basulanisis. That's what the Chassam Sefer says, which is a beautiful, beautiful pshat, and that could be it's even true. What I want to pose now is this is not true in Rashi, and I want to claim not only is this not true in Rashi, but even the Chassam Sefer himself doesn't think this is pshat in Rashi, and I'm going to prove it as follows. Some Sefer is saying something which is the massive Chiddush. What is Chiddush? That the Akre means we're making a Takan of New Yomim. Now, if we look at the Gemara, the Gemara mentions nothing of establishing new days. That was a question on Rashi. With Rashi, where are you coming from? You're establishing new days. The Gemara doesn't say that. The Gemara says the Akre just uproot the whole Takana from the onset. So if I was the Chassam Sefer and I'm writing my commentary and trying to establish a new chat in the Gemara and I would introduce a whole new concept, it's not just an uprooting of Dindar Abanon, but it's actually establishing new dinim. I, if I could source that, I would be thrilled, right? I want to source that. I don't just want to say that in Yisvara. If I say Yisvara, that's very weak. How do you know that? Maybe that's not true. So I'd want to source that. Now, where would be an excellent source for me to pose that sta- statement? I would think that the best source that we have is Rashi. Point to Rashi. Rashi says, Fix them for them other days. So why did Chassam Sefer do that? So, that's number one. Number two, the Chassam Sefer is aware that we're living in a time of Takanas Ezra, and how do I know? Because his whole assumption is let's change Takanas Ezra to be different days, not Monday and Thursday. So we're living in a time of Takanas Ezra. And nonetheless, and nonetheless, the Chassam Sefer is learning that there's a concept called Triachlei. Now, in the world of Irashi, the Rishash is a medayik on the Gimel and Aleph. But that's not true. That the whole concept of Triachle only exists in a world where there's not 
a with his net at the Kanas Ezra. And the Bisun is only when there's a Triachle. But other t- otherwise, you can only get married when Basin established it. We had that's, that's Mamish, the Holy Sod in Rashi. So I want to claim that the two things go, go together. The, the, how come the Chsam Sefer didn't point to Rashi as his proof? Because the Chsam Sefer is masking to the Rashash. And in the world of Rashi, the whole concept of Triachle, the whole concept of Tainus Basulim, a Basulim Nisim and Ravi has nothing to do with the ability to make the claim. Basul and Nisim Ravi, what's the gather of the Mishnah? The gather of the Mishnah is get married Wednesday. If the gather of the Mishnah is get married Wednesday, if I change when, ta- when Takanis Ezra and Bastin sit, does that change the dinim of the Mishnah? Absolutely not, because the gather of the Mishnah was not get married on the day before Bastin sitting. The gather of the Mishnah is get married on Wednesday. So Avad and Avad, even if I change Takanis Ezra, the dinim of the Mishnah wouldn't change. So the Chsam knew that. And our Raya, the Chsam is still saying that it's Rav Triachlei, even when there's Takanis Ezra, not like Rashi. Therefore, you can't bring Rashi as a source for Yisqanul Yama Mechirim. Because Rashi doesn't stim with the whole word, doesn't work with this word. So the Chsam Sefer is only saying this, Al Das the Ramban of the Imei, that the Ramban says, Besun Nesis Yem Revi means Sunday or Wednesday. Why did it say Wednesday? Because it always works Wednesday, because there there's a Shabtu built in. Ben Rechanami, even according to the Mishnah, you get married on a Sunday. Why? Because that's the day before Yeshiva's based in. Then you could say this Pshat. The problem is the Ramban doesn't say anything here with the Akrid Yisqanul Yama Mechirim. So the Chsam Sefer has to say it on his own. He can't bring a source on the Yishinim. But Rashi can't bring either, because Rashi is aware that Rashi is understanding Adarach the Rashash, based on the Diyak from Gimel Amad Aleph, and the Mele, he can't bring a source from that either. And I think as Emerson, the Chsam Sefer, in what's Pshattaka, in, in, in what's the Na'akri? So if that's the case, so what's Pshat Rashi? What's Pshat Rashi? Na'akri, Yiskin Lemem Chirin. This, I don't have anything too Gishmak to say, and therefore I'd rather leave it as a question for now. Tell me what you guys think. Right now I'm leaving this Tzarech Ian. What's Pshat Rashi? Yiskin Lemem Chirin. So now that we went through some points in Pshat in the Gemara, Rashi, I want to now talk about Tesis. Tesis on the Din, the Bishini the Yichnis. Let's not forget, we're in the middle of a Braisa. The Braisa told us the Basunis the Revi, because we want to have a Kim of Shaktu, and that's why it's Revi as opposed to, to, opposed to Rishon. Then it says, due to Sakana, it was Shlishi, but Bishini the Yichnis. And if it's Minhel Inis, then Shini could be Nichnas. So now, it says, even during a time of Sakana, you can't do Nesuun on Monday. Because you shouldn't uproot due to a Sakana, the Takanas Chachamim, except for one day. So it's clear that Rashi is learning that the Din of Besheni Leyichnes is a continuation of the Brisa. Right? Let's see. What's the Braisa say? And during a time of Sakana, so the din is. So the way that Rashi learns that, is going back on Shas Sakana, Misakana Ve'ilech. That's too far, you can only be Urka one day. That's the way Rashi learned the Braisa. It says to his fathers, This is difficult for the Rewai. 
Damla Kamal, the Gemara asks later on, after the Gemara defines what Sakana, the Gemara asks, My Oynes. When the Gemara poses, Ilima Hoda Amron. And what are you going to say, Oynes is, maybe Onis is Bola Hegemon Tequila, that which we said already. Maybe Onis is the same case as Sakana. So the Gemara had two reasons why that can't be. Because Hosam Krele Sakana, Lok Krele Oynes. One, the nomenclature is different. And secondly, it says, Hosam Nogu Bahachamotar. Says Tesvis, those are all semantics. Those are all f- questions of presentation. But the Gemara should have asked a better question. How come the Gemara is asking Hasam Krele or Hasam Sakanagu? Those are not the questions. Ask better. What's a better question? Reisha Lesefa. Ask a stira. There's a blatant stira here in Halacha. Why? Because according to the din of Sakana, Sakana doesn't allow Shani. If we have a case for Sakana, Shani is always going to be Asar. So if that's true, what's the din of Onis though? Onis, Onis, Shani is Mutter. So yes, Tesis, how come the Gemara is asking, proving the fact that Sakana and Onis are different? From semantics, it's called something different. The head is referred differently. It's semantics. Why is that the best kasha? Ask a better kasha. Say, Sakana can't be onus, because if there was Sakana was onus, there'd be a stira and halacha. A bam kasha from Tesis, on Shitas Rashi. Now, Tesis brings two answers. The Ritzbah says as follows. This is the reason the Gemara didn't ask the stira and halacha. Mishum de because we could have explained the Gemara, Vimachmas Ha'enes, if it's due to Ones, Pirush, meaning to say, Shiesh Sakana Afbeyem Shlishi, that there's a case of Sakana even on Shlishi, then Mutter Lichnes Besheni, then you're allowed to get married on Shani. Now, so what did Tesis say here? Tesis said, Chidush. The Chidush is follows. The Kiddush is, what does Shani and Shlishi mean? What does Onus and Sakana mean? So, Tzitzit says, Sakana means that what? That the Hegemon comes on, on Wednesday. Therefore, we get married on Tuesday. That's Sakana. What's Onus? So, says the Ritzbah, Onus means that the Hegemon comes on Tuesday. The Hegemon comes on Tuesday. Now, the Hegemon coming on Tuesday, what does that matter? That matters Monday. So, what's that mean practically? Let's speak it out. That means that Be'etzem, the Heter of Sakana and the Heter of Onus are the same. The Heter is the Hegemon's coming. The Heter is the Hegemon's coming. Aye. So how come Sakana doesn't allow, it allows Shlishi, but not Shani? Because the Sakana is that the Hegemon is coming on Wednesday, so that only allows Shlishi. We can only allow an uprooting of one day. I, the, the Hegemon might come on Shlishi. It says the Ritzbah, the Hegemon coming on Shlishi is called Onus. And if it's Machmas or Onus, meaning to say it's Machmas, the Hegemon coming on Tuesday, so then, in a Hanami, you're allowed to get married on Monday. So the Ritzbah has an answer. The answer is that we could have learned the Havamin of the Gemara. Is that really Sakana Ones are the same case, it's called a hegemon, but they have different nomenclature to express 
what day the Hegemon's coming. If the Hegemon's coming on Shlishi, on Revi, that's called Sakana. If the Hegemon's coming on Shlishi, that's called Onus. So what are you asking? There's a Stira Mirash of the Sefer? There's no Stira Mirash of the Sefer. They're talking about two different cases. Shlishi, Sakana only allows Shlishi because there's only one day Sakana could exist. Because if Sakana existed on Shlishi, that would already be called Onus. So there's no Stira in Halacha. Each one allows the day before. That's the first answer. So how come the Gemara, right? What was the Kasha originally? How could it be that cause of Sakana we only look at it one day, right? And what? You're going to say Sakana and Onus is the same thing? That can't be because Onus allows even Monday. So the assumption of that question was that Onus allows Tuesday and Monday. The answer to that is no. Onus doesn't allow Tuesday and Monday. Onus only allows Monday. What allows Tuesday? Sakana. So there's no there's no stira in halacha, right? The the ilam Sakana is never going to allow Monday. It's only going to allow Tuesday, and Onus is only going to allow Monday. It'll never allow Tuesday. So therefore, there's no stira you could ask. I so then what could you ask? How maybe Sakana and Onus are the same thing? Maybe they're both hegemon then. There we have semantics. No, they're called two different things. The allowance is referred to as two different ways. That's the first answer of Tesis. Says the second answer of Tesis. Venira the Ri, it seems like to the Ri, de milsa nafshahi. It's a different statement, meaning to say, don't learn like Rashi. Rashi says, Bashini la yichnus means a filu sakana. Says the Ri, Bashini la yichnus is a new statement. We have one statement, Psalm Ravi. Period. Now we have a whole new statement. You should know that normally speaking, you should never get married. But if it's due to an anus, then it's mutter, you're allowed to get married on Monday. It's a, it's a totally disconnected statement, like we spoke out. And it's not referring to Bichlal to a case of Sakana when it says, it's saying normally you should never get married on Shani. The same way you shouldn't get married on Monday, you also shouldn't get married on Tuesday. Aye, if you shouldn't get married on Tuesday, the same way you shouldn't get married on Monday, why did the Brysa harp on Monday? So the reason it harped on Shani is Mishum de Boyle Misne, it's come to teach me another Kiddush. It was due to an onus, it's mutter. So that means, let's make that, let's do the Cheshmer now. So how did it answer our question? We had a question, how could it be? That Sakana and Onus are the same thing. When it comes to Sakana, it only allows Shlishi, but only Onus also allows Shani, Stira. The answer is that Bishini Leichnus and Milsvapinavshe. How does that help? Because now, if I'm going to ask you, what does Sakana allow? Sakana allows Shlishi. How do I know? Because it says, Does, does Sakana allow Shani? So the answer to that question is, I have no idea. I mamish have no idea. The Bryce doesn't talk about it. Does Sakana allow Shani? Don't know. Mystery. Now let's talk about Onis. Does Onis allow Shlishi? Yes. How do I know it allows Shlishi? Because it allows Shani. That just has told me explicitly in the Ri. So therefore, let's, let's ask the question again. Could we ask, how could you say the reason Sakana doesn't mean Onis is because there's a contradiction in Halacha? Right? Could we ask that question? The answer... At this point, is no, because where's the contradiction in halacha that sakana allows for shlishi, onus allows for shishi, onus allows for sheni. Does sakana allow for sheni? I don't know. I don't know. Ah, but in as much as I don't know, I can't ask that as a stira. That can't be a contradiction. 
And if it can't be a contradiction, that can't be a kasha. Therefore, the Gemara has to only say the reason onus can't be sakana is because either the nomenclature, because of the different expression of the hetar. That's the answer of the read to answer this question. Now, it's clear that Rashi has to learn like the Ritzba, right? That Rashi, this is going to be relevant next week, Mitzvah Shem, we get there, but it's pointing out this now, that Rashi who learns that Bashini Le'yichnes is going on Sakana, there's one of two assumptions that can be made, right? One assumption is Bashini Le'yichnes is referring to Sakana, and the other assumption is that Onus allows for Shlishi the same way it allows for Shani, right? Now, both of those things are not explicit. Rashi assumes Bashini Le'yichnes is going on Sakana, the Ritzvah assumes B'shini Le'yichnes is going on Sakana. Therefore, the Chiddush that it had to give, the assumption that it had to give, was that Onus doesn't allow for Shlishi, it only allows for Shani, and that's why it's not a contradiction in Halacha. Whereas the Ri gave on a different assumption. Don't assume that B'shini Le'yichnes is going on on Sakana. B'shini Le'yichnes is the has nothing to do with Sakana. Aye, Onus allows Shlishi B'shini like we assumed. So that's a very good. Sakana allows for Shlishi. Maybe it also allows for Shani. We don't know. Inasmuch as B'shini Le'yichni is the Milsa Ape So Rashi, it's clear, is making the same assumption as the Ritzbah. The B'shini Le'yichni is going on Chasa Sakana. And therefore, in the Havamin of Rashi, we're going to have to make the same assumption the Ritzbah did, that maybe we would have thought that Onus never allowed for Shlishi. Onus only allows for Shani, because Onus is just a different terminology to refer for the same concern of the Hegemon on a different day. Now, Be'etzim, I wanted to learn the whole taste of Lidish Lidish Shari, but I see that we're running very, very late. We're already kimat up to an hour. So I'm going to do as follows. B'siyat Tadishmai next week, we're going to see Teresis Lidish Lidish Shari, Machlika Sabinatam, the Rivam, and get into Mamish the principles of Yarg Vilyavor. I also want to see where I'm going to see Reb Chaim. So I'm going to send you the Reb Chaim, and uh, that will start next week. B'siyat Tadishmai.